0: Wombat. Movies.
1: Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony.
0: And I'm Alex. And my first story today is entertainment news. This is from Vice.com. And the headline is, George R.R. R. Martin is hiding in a cabin so he can finally finish the next Game of Thrones book. <laughs> well, do you watch if, Game of whatever Thrones? Whatever it takes. We watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I actually haven't read the books, but I know yeah, everyone's neither, waiting for the the next one to come out right it's been years so according to a new interview with martin in the wall street journal the author is currently quote in hiding (laughs) in a remote mountain hideaway whose location he refers or um, he refuses to disclose in order to finally get the novel done it's a cabin he visits when he wants to hunker down to finish a book the article says and he's hard at work on the winds of winter Hmm. there so he's trying to like just power through it and get done yeah This is a quote from George. I know there are a lot of people out there who are very angry with me that the Winds of Winter isn't finished, and I'm mad about that myself. I wished I finished it four years ago, Martin said in a recent interview in Entertainment Weekly. I wished it was finished now, but it's not. And I've had dark nights of the soul where I've pounded my head against the keyboard and said, God, will I ever finish this? The show is going further and further forward, and I'm falling further and further behind what the heck is happening here? I've got to do this anyway. So he seems really determined. Yeah. He's just like, get it done. <laughs> I hope he's okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I got the vibe that this was not like he actually was like yeah. in a depression. Like, I think he's just like disappointed that he hasn't gotten it done yet. But he's been working on a lot of other things. So actually, they mentioned all the other projects that he's been working on in the mm-hmm. f- recent years. And it includes um, HBO's upcoming Game of Thrones prequel series, which yeah. is in production, um, a new sci-fi show based on his novel Night Flyers, Two other shows based on his Wild Cards franchise, which I don't, I'm not really familiar with, but apparently that's gonna be on Hulu. Um, And then a huge book detailing hundreds of years of Targaryen rule in Westeros called Fire and Blood, (laughs) that he also (laughs) has been working on. So he's been doing like all these huge projects. So it's not like he's just sitting around. Yeah. um,
1: He's just, yeah, he's just taking on a lot.
0: He's taking on a lot, yeah. Uh, And he's putting, you know, a, a lot of good work out there. So. Um, but if you are a fan of the books, specifically, if you're reading them, you might be excited to know that he has decided to just spend some time just focusing on that mm-hmm. in a secluded cabin somewhere. No one knows where <laughs> it is, so he can't even be bothered. And um, he's trying to finish it up. So
1: That feels very Game of Thrones-esque to like, run away to the mountains and like hide and do a book.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. Like, like, ooh, think he can get ins- his inspiration own little fantasy from, world. from like, the surrounding scenery and yeah. try to immerse himself in that world. Yeah, it's true.
1: April 2019 now that's when the next the last season I know I'm so excited
0: I'm so excited too I'm so excited and I can't wait but at the same time I'm sad for it to be over I know it's yeah (laughs) like I just yeah
1: at least they're ending on their own terms though yeah it's always better when a show gets to do that
0: I agree that it's better when a show can end on its own terms for sure
1: my next story is science news And uh, the story comes from ScienceNews.org news <laughs> dot org. Great. So, seems pretty legitimate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The headline reads: "Wombats are the only animals whose poop is a cube. Here's how they do it." <laughs> I should probably mention this. Like, if you're eating while listening to this for some reason, <laughs> you might want to stop because <laughs> this is gonna. Like, I'm gonna try to not. I'm gonna try to keep it from being mm. too gross, but like, it's the the implications okay. are kind of. Kind of gross, I guess, and not really conducive to food. Um, So uh, the story kind of buried its lead in the opening statement, but uh, it reads, The varied elasticity of the wombat's intestines is what sculpts their droppings into cubes uh, instead of the more common shapes made by other mammals, which was reported by researchers uh, November 18th at the American Physical Society Division of Fluid Dynamics meeting in Atlanta.
0: Oh! (laughs) Yeah.
1: So they said right at the beginning what the reason is, but uh, there's obviously a little more detail. Mm -hmm. Um, Wombats mark their territories with their leavings, and cubes stack better than rounder shapes and don't roll away as easily, which is why scientists suspect they might have evolved to have this peculiar shape. That is
0: fascinating. Um,
1: But cubic shapes in nature are actually very unusual, Um, according to mechanical engineer David Hu of... Georgia, the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta. So it's surprising that a wombat's intestines, which otherwise appear mostly similar to other mammals, would create such a shape. Um, an Australian colleague sent Hu and his colleague Patricia Yang the intestines from two roadkill wombats, which were both filled with waste. In um, humans, <laughs>
0: That's so disgusting. It's really gross. I'm like working on that project. Okay. <laughs>
1: hopefully they told. Right. Hopefully the colleague told them ahead of time, and they didn't just get a surprise in the mail. Hopefully. Um, but in humans, the intestines stre- uh, stretch out slightly when they're filled. But in wombats, they actually can stretch two to three times as much, um, or two two to three times its regular width in some places in order to accommodate all of the waste. Um, but the elasticity actually varies throughout the intestines. And sculpting the cuboid nuggets, as they called them, appears to be a finishing touch for the stiffer later regions of the digestive tract. So the earlier parts are able to expand more, but the later ones are stiffer. And they believe that that's um, when the waste takes on its distinct edges because, like, the way they just move through there is it, it kind of, like, almost sculpts them in a way. Um huh. So uh, a wombat's intestine is typically 30 meters long and the waist only takes on the distinct edges in the last meter or so. And up until that point, it's gradually solidifying as it moves through the gut. So it's like getting like more, uh, it's, it's holding its shape better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, f- the finished leavings are especially dry and fibrous, which might be what helps them retain their shape when they, when they leave the wombat, um, in the wild, wombats leave their droppings on top of rocks or logs as territory markers, sometimes forming small piles. And they seem to prefer elevated spots, uh, but they're limited by their stubby legs as far as how far up they can get. So they prefer to, like, mark higher up locations, but they can't actually get to a lot. <laughs> I just found that funny. Um, and this is this is a great... Uh, A great line. The to confirm the elasticity variation really does form the cubes. Yang and Hu are now trying to model the wombat digestive tract using pantyhose. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Wow. I thought that was really fascinating. It's fascinating. Very funny. Have you heard about wombats like that? They have cube-shaped poop before. Um,
0: not before today. Actually. Really. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Had that, you? Yes, I had actually. Really? I thought that was I've never heard For some heard that reason before. I thought that was common knowledge because I've like I've heard it in a few places before.
0: Oh, but, I don't know. Maybe didn't maybe yeah. I just didn't know.
1: I guess but I like, shouldn't have assumed up front. But uh yeah, they they poop in little cubes and they're the only animals that do this, and scientists didn't know why before. And now they have a now they have a better reason or a better understanding of why.
0: Yeah. It's still weird to think of like cubes in nature though, because it's, yeah, it's just it's, like not
1: it's totally a unnatural. Thing. Yeah. Well, it's, that actually reminds me, this is a weird parallel, but there was a story that the story we had a couple episodes ago about the, uh, the ice formations
0: yeah, that were that's like true. perfectly
1: rectangular and how weird iceberg. they looked just because they were, they're just so uncommon. Yeah. And like a like natural when setting. When you see
0: like a square type shape in nature, it's just like, whoa, what's going on? Like it's just so <laughs>
1: yeah. jarring almost. Yeah, <laughs> That's, I, I think that's exactly the word.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, that's cool that there have reasons for it.
1: Yeah. Now and also, you know. Now you know more about it than you ever wanted to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> okay, my next story. I didn't really have a good segment to put this in, so I just said amazing stories. <laughs> News <laughs> works go for with me. That. Yeah. Um, this is from ABC News, and the headline is: Elevator drops 84 floors after cables snap in Chicago's famed Hancock Building. No, don't worry, everyone's okay. Okay, good. Whew. Six people left the dining room on the 95th floor of Chicago's famed Hancock building early last Friday, stepped into an express elevator, and fell 84 floors. Wait,
1: but there were people in it There were
0: people in it. Ah. They fell 84 floors when a cable snapped in the elevator they were in.
1: Well, I'm never going in an elevator again.
0: (laughs) They were stuck for three hours before being rescued.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And... It didn't say this in this article, but I heard elsewhere that they actually... The people in the elevator didn't realize how far they had fallen. Like, they didn't... They thought it was, like, a few floors or something. Like, not that oh, far. wow. They couldn't tell, like, how far actually it had gone just by, like, what it felt like. That's so strange. Which is kind of interesting. But yeah. But that's a side note. Um, so, the 100-story skyscraper is the 12th tallest building in the world. It's 141 feet taller than the Eiffel Tower. The Chicago Fire Department recalled after the passengers became stuck at 1230 a.m. last Friday... Um, and officials soon realized two cables had snapped, and six people, including a pregnant woman, were trapped in the elevator. After this happened, um, and it was a special type of elevator. So um, this article said that they're usually found in parking garages and other tall buildings. Um, and it's a type of elevator that travels express between certain floors. So it's in this like elevator shaft that is constructed without openings, like on every floor. Uh, like so it doesn't have. That's why they got have... trapped then. Yeah. So what happened was. So, okay, so it kind of caused a problem for them because they couldn't just, like, go straight in, like, where they were at. Uh-huh. There weren't, like, openings everywhere. Um, and they said it was, like, a precarious situation because of that reason. Um, so what happened is they had to break through a brick wall, like, at the place where the elevator was in order to get them out.
1: Oh, my god! they had to
0: break the wall open because yeah. it just was, like, a continuous... Um, but they said that since there are multiple cables on elevators, they were, quote, still safe in there. Just the car wasn't operational. So, like, oh, okay. they have safety cables on elevators pretty much. Like, if some, one of them breaks, there's, like, probably, I actually don't know how many. But there's, like, a bunch of safety cables. So, like, it's very rare that you would, like, all of them would break at once. Like, that doesn't make sense if uh-huh. something were to, like, snap or something. So, so they were still, like, they weren't going to, like, fall or something. It wasn't, like, a t- timed, like, weird thing like that. It just was, like, they were just stuck. Like, they couldn't, like... It didn't work. Okay. Um, that
1: makes me feel better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and they said th- uh, thankfully, the group was very gracious that the fire department did a nice job, and they were unharmed after they waited nearly three hours to be rescued. So, good job, Chicago Fire Department, basically. So, like, everyone's fine, and they rescued them, but they had to break through a brick wall and get these people out. And, and they, they fell 84, 84 floors. 84 floors. <laughs> just, like, insane. That's, <laughs> like, like, very, uh, very nerve-wracking. Um, that's so far. But... You know, on the flip side, this is an example of like safety measures that are in place and how that you know everyone was fine, mm-hmm. even though this did happen. Yeah. So
1: that's why you build redundancy into systems.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um on a completely unrelated note, one of the fire department people that rescued them looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. And I wanna show you what? a picture of it because I was just like
1: the story. Just I got thought even I better. Thought
0: Benedict Cumberbatch was in the elevator, <laughs> and then I was like, "No, that's one of the Chicago Fire Department guys."
1: Looks exactly like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs>
0: it's like <laughs> oh my first, gosh, the first picture on the story is like was Benedict Cumberbatch in the elevator?
1: <laughs> that is a spitting image of Benedict Cumberbatch. That is <laughs> that is him. I'm still not convinced. That's not him. God, he must get that all the time. Know.
0: No, because this is another view of the same guy, I think. So it looks like, less like him in that picture.
1: Okay, yeah, fine. But still.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, like, fine. I did this double him. take. I yeah. was like, elevator <laughs> drops 84 floors and Benedict Cumberbatch is in the elevator. I'm like, no, that's not part <laughs> of the story. No, it wasn't him. <laughs>
1: uh, my next story is History News. This comes from CNN. Uh, The worst year to be a human has been revealed by researchers. And don't worry, it already happened.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good.
1: At least, I mean, as far as we know. Um, (laughs) So a team of historians and scientists have identified uh, 536 AD as the beginning of a terrible sequence (laughs) of events for humankind. (laughs) So in that... (laughs) It's it's, it's just, it sounds it just
0: seems very random to me, but I'm sure it sounds it sounds pretty bad reasons.
1: So um that's the year that a massive volcanic eruption spewed a huge cloud of ash that shrouded the entire northern hemisphere in darkness, caused a drop in temperatures, uh, and that drop in temperatures led to crop failure and starvation. So basically the sun was blocked out, food Ugh. couldn't grow, and people were cold and starving. Um okay. Then that misery was compounded in 542 AD um, as these cold and hungry people in the Eastern Roman Empire were struck by the bubonic plague. So uh-huh. on, t- on top of cold, hunger, and uh, darkness, now they're also all getting the, the now the Black Death is spreading as well. Um, so these the they uh, were able to uh, analyze ice samples from the Col- uh, Nefeti Glacier in the Swiss Alps and these researchers were able to identify atmospheric pollutants deposited over the past 2,000 years that identified the origin of the eruption as Iceland um, when previous research had suggested it was California. So that was how they, I guess, were able to place, like, where and when this happened. Um, And this eruption and the 542 plague outbreak caused economic stagnation in Europe, which lasted more than 30 years until at least 575 A.D. So... Hungry, cold, dark, sick, and poor, all for a good 30 years.
0: That sounds terrible. And
1: sounds So that's what they have determined was the worst time to be a human.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound pretty bad. You're it's, right.
1: So, okay. Um, yeah, and I guess the, the moral of the story is as bad as things might seem, just uh, realize they could be a lot worse.
0: That's a really nice way to... Look at this and apply it to your everyday life. I'm trying to frame
1: it in a positive way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Short. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. My third story is actually more entertainment news. (laughs) Um, This is from techcrunch.com. And the headline is YouTube has quietly added free ad-supported movies to its website.
1: I heard about this. You did? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So YouTube has added around 100 ad-supported Hollywood movies to its site um, starting last month, according to a new report. The titles include a mix of classics like Rocky and The Terminator, as well as other family movies like Zookeeper, Agent Cody Banks, and Legally Blonde. Yes. Among others. I love Legally Blonde. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um So before, YouTube had only offered consumers the ability to purchase movies and TV shows similar to how you can rent or buy content from Apple's iTunes or Amazon Video. Mm -hmm. But now they are serving ads on these free movies. Um, But the report said the company is open to working with other deals with advertisers like sponsorships or exclusive screening. So they might change what they're doing in the future. But this is what they're doing now youtube's advantage in this space compared with some others is its sizable user base of 1.9 billion monthly active users <laughs> and its ability to target ads using data from google
1: it's like a third of the population of the world <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, something like that is crazy the addition of an ad supported movies marketplace on youtube follows roku's entry into this market which began last year with its launch of a free collection of movies called the roku channel which i didn't know about
1: i didn't know that roku was um, still around yeah. I kind of thought it got, like, supplanted by Chromecast and those other, like, streaming. So Yeah,
0: things. it's a little bit... I think Roku is probably more relevant when TVs weren't, like, all smart TVs. Right. Like, they are now. <laughs> it's even, like, little ones. But Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently they have, like, a free streaming channel with ads, like, similar to this now. Hmm. That you can... Like, if you buy one of their devices, you can just, like, see all these things for free.
1: Well, then I learned two things. So...
0: um <laughs> Then also apparently Walmart has a free movies collection. What through voodoo, which I, I had never heard of. Huh. I mean, I've heard of voodoo, but I didn't know Walmart had that. Um, and Amazon is rumored to be working on something similar too. So this seems to be something that pe- like these big streaming companies might be moving towards in the future of having like a free version of their service where you can watch full content, but just with more ads in it. I guess. Yeah.
1: I mean it's it's kind of funny we're coming like full circle now to just yeah, like know, going right? from live TV with commercials now around <laughs> to streamed TV with commercials essentially.
0: Yeah. It is kind of funny yeah. how things work like that. But
1: I yeah, I guess the the difference is, is that for live TV you have to pay for cable to like even get that whereas right. with this it's you just need the internet. It's
0: easier access. Mhm. Um And there's probably like the movies, I'm assuming they're all kind of like older movies that they're thinking we're not going to be selling these like rentals right now. So we might as well do this and we'll still get some revenue from the ads. Yeah. So I think it makes makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. It's kind of a win-win situation really.
1: Right. All right. Uh, The last story I brought is health news. This is from the Washington Post and get ready. Oh, Romaine lettuce is not safe to eat, CDC warns U.S. consumers. Not again.
0: Not again.
1: So we've talked about romaine lettuce before. What? But get ready for this. Romaine lettuce is unsafe to eat in any form, the Centers for <laughs> Disease Control and Prevention said Tuesday in a food safety alert in response to a new outbreak of illnesses caused by a particularly dangerous type of E. coli bacteria. The CDC told consumers to throw away any romaine lettuce they may have already purchased. Restaurants should not serve it, stores should not sell it, and people should not buy it, no matter where or when the lettuce was grown. It does not matter if it was chopped, whole head, or part of a mix.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. This is really serious. So
1: literally all romaine lettuce, they're saying, just get rid of it, do not consume it. Um, The unusually broad warning reflects the uncertainties about the origin and extent of the bacterial contamination um, and the CDC is not claiming that all romaine contains the dangerous bacteria, but investigators don't know precisely where, when, or how the contamination happened. And the fact that Thanksgiving is coming up, well, oh. actually when this airs, Thanksgiving will have already yeah. happened. Um, but, uh, they want to make sure like p- they know people will be gathering for meals, like don't include romaine lettuce. Um, I wow. guess we're, <laughs> we're reporting on it a little late for that, but, uh, I guess uh, make sure you don't have it for Christmas. Um, Anyway, uh, the CDC reports that 32 people in 11 states have become sick from eating contaminated romaine. Of those, 13 have been hospitalized, and one patient is suffering from a form of kidney failure, but no one, there have been no reported deaths. Um, California has the highest number of reported illnesses with 10, followed by Michigan with 7, New, New Jersey with 3, Illinois, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and New York with 2 each, and the remainder in Connecticut, Maryland, Wisconsin, and Ohio. Um, <sighs> So I guess we have one. Um, And the Public Health Agency of Canada has also reported that 18 people have been infected with the same strain in Ontario and Quebec. So it's even breached uh, our northern border. Um, Wow. So five people died in the most recent major outbreak from contaminated romaine, which we talked about before. That one lasted from March to June of this year and led to 210 cases in 36 states. That outbreak was uh, traced to the Yuma, Arizona growing region, which Mm -hmm. you might remember the name of. Um, But investigators never conclusively determined the precise source. The leading suspect is contaminated contaminated canal water used by multiple farms. Um, This latest outbreak does not appear to be connected to that one, but um, it involves a strain of E. coli that has the same genetic fingerprint as one that caused illnesses late last year in both the U.S. and Canada. So they're thinking maybe there's something yearly. There's some, like, common factor between last year and this year because it was around the same time um, and caused also by uh, lettuce. Um, Yeah, for those who don't remember, E. coli is a bacteria found in the intestine of animals. It it contaminates a wide variety of agricultural products from time to time. Um, People can become infected with it and not know it. Um, and those who do get sick usually recover without complications in five to 10 days. And it can be spread from person to person through direct contact. So that's just a basic rundown of E. coli. Okay. Um, and the FDA's commissioner, Scott uh, Gottlieb said the ap- latest apparent increase in outbreaks could be misleading. Um, food is not less safe today than it was in the past. Mm. It just seems like there's more outbreaks, which I think we've talked about yes. that as well, Yes. Um, because we're getting a lot better at identifying right. when outbreaks happen. Um, so don't, Panic, but also don't probably eat romaine until we have a better idea of what's going on, because right now they, they just don't really know. And I think they're just issuing this broad warning as kind of a
0: just a better just a catch sorry all. Like, thing. Yeah.
1: I mean yeah. romaine's not that good anyway.
0: Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's, like
1: let's be honest. There's in way the types better, of
0: salads that you could make yeah. for yourself. You don't even have to include lettuce in it.
1: Right. I mean I'd say like it's only only slightly above iceberg. Like an iceberg I think is the only one below it.
0: They're equivalent in my mind. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I think I think it's slightly. I don't know because like I feel like romaine works in a Caesar, but I'd rather have like pretty much any other green because I'm like I'm way into spinach, way into yeah, arugula. I, like, yeah. I think we've talked about these before. <laughs> <laughs> I could have go we? on about my remember. favorite leafy greens <laughs> all day long.
0: Let's talk about <laughs> leafy greens.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, if you're listening to this and hopefully you didn't have any romaine lettuce in a salad on Thanksgiving. Um, who eats salad on Thanksgiving anyway?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that part of the traditional lineup? I don't know. No.
1: I think the whole point is that it's all food that's bad for you <laughs> and really, really good. you right.
0: That is the whole point of this holiday. Nothing else.
1: Most of it has butter.
0: Butter. Salt. More butter. Meats. More salt. Desserts. Pies.
1: Yes. So. Yeah. there's. I didn't hear any romaine in there, right. so.
0: Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> Okay, it's time for breaking news. Breaking news? What's that? It's the part of the show where Anthony and I look up news stories that were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. I knew that. I know, but I still explain it every time. (laughs) Ready, set, go! Go. (laughs) The story I found is on TechCrunch. And apparently more than half a million users have installed Android malware posing as driving games from Google's own app store. What? Like it's malware and it was in Google's app store oh, posing as a that's game. that's not good. Yeah. Uh, a security researcher at ESET tweeted details of 13 apps made by the same developer, which were at the time of his tweet downloadable from Google Play. Um, two of the apps were trending on the store, he said, giving the apps greater visibility. Combined, the app surpassed 580,000 installs before Google pulled the plug on them. Oh, my gosh. Um, so anyone downloading the apps were expecting a truck or a car driving game, and instead they got what appeared to be a buggy app that crashed every time it opened. But in reality, the app was downloading a payload from some other domain, registered to an app developer in Istanbul, and installed malware behind the scenes, deleting the app's icon in the process, apparently. Um it's not clear exactly what the malicious apps do. None of the malware scanners seem to agree on what the malware actually does. But what is clear is that it will launch every time you start up your device, and then it has full access to network traffic, um, which the author of the malware can use to steal information from you wow. basically. Um and TechCrunch re- tried to reach out to the domain owner for comment, but didn't get a response. And they said, if that changes, <laughs> we'll update this. So I mean, I'm that's probably not, not super get a surprising. Response. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if you recently downloaded a game from Google Play that you thought was, like, a driving game of some sort, and then it was really buggy and just never worked, that could have been one of these apps. Yeah. So Oops. they did not put in this article what to do if you are one of those people. Um
1: that's interesting. I guess but, I guess yeah. that Google doesn't curate its app store as much as Apple does. So I feel like they're a little more vigorous.
0: Yeah, there's some criticism in here also about that. Yeah. <laughs> that they're not as good at um controlling this kind of thing from happening, so.
1: Right, which has its pros and cons cuz like Apple can also be a little too over the top as oh, far really? as like keeping things out, but hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, Yep, so beware of this potential malware yeah, posing man. as an app.
1: Man, between E. coli and malware we're really <laughs> it's not not a lot of not a lot of good stuff coming out. <laughs>
0: Not ending on a high note.
1: No. Uh, I don't know if your... Is Is your (laughs) other breaking
0: news a high note or is it still (laughs) a negative? This
1: is like a neutral note, I think. Okay. Um, Well, that's that's good. My story comes from Quartz. Um, Researchers just found termite mounds the size of the UK in Brazil.
0: Wait, what?
1: So... (laughs) Um, researchers recently uncovered evidence of a 4,000 year old construction site in northeastern Brazil, construction site being a construction site that termites have created, um, stretching over an area the size of Britain is a cluster (gasps) of 200 million mounds, some as high as 10 feet tall that were raised over the centuries by generations of termites. (gasps) (laughs) That's like, that's wild to me. Um, the mounds are the work of a single species, uh, Syntermis deris. I do not speak Latin, so I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing that, but, um, but it's one of the w- largest termites in the world. Um, and the cone shaped piles, which are spaced about 60 feet apart are what's left behind when in the insects burrow tunnels into the soil beneath the dry tropical forest. And some of these mounds are still in use today. Uh, radioactive dating found that the oldest piles were 3,820 years old. Wow. So it's this gigantic structure. Um, which, so that dates at about as old as the great pyramids at Giza. Um, but the mounds represent 2.4 cubic miles of unearthed dirt, which would fill roughly 4,000 great pyramids. So like, it's just so much that I'm having trouble picturing the scale of it.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and like the Egyptian landmarks, they can be seen from space. Like <gasps> this area can be Wait, seen really? from, from like so from cool. satellite photos, which is so cool. Um, and uh this the article goes on to explain the uh the origins of these um mounds but basically a food that these termites love to eat uh falls once a year which prompts a, fr- a feeding frenzy and causes them to like dig up a bunch more mounds mm. and the tunnels that they dig are for getting between areas of the forest more efficiently um and uh, the author of this uh thing said just imagine if all the supermarkets were open for only one day in the year those people that can move rapidly along vast dif- distances will get most the most food and a better chance to survive so that's mm-hmm. their motivation for creating these oh um, yeah, that makes sense but yeah it is uh that is a massive <laughs> that is a massive sight. Oh,
0: i can't even imagine that
1: it's gotta wow be. yeah unfortunately the article didn't have any pictures <gasps> of it because even... i really wanted to see um, what it looked like
0: so. yeah I didn't even realize there were termites in South America for some reason. Like I thought they were just in Africa, but I guess they're in South America too. That's really yeah. cool.
1: I guess, yeah, I guess the termite mounds you think of are usually the ones in like the, the like Sahara, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But.
0: That's amazing.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I just linked that. There's, a, there is a link to the actual study and it shows, um, the location.
0: Oh, I want to see. Wow. So that's
1: the aerial photo at the top, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it shows one of the mounds. Which is just like. Oh, an, that's
0: actually an, a real fo- fo- an aerial photo of that land. Of that area.
1: And the dots, I think, represent wow. the spacing. Wow.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. Wow. Termites are amazing. I mean,
1: insects in general, I, mean, I think, are just like, it's so impressive they what they can like, accomplish I don't, being so tiny.
0: I don't like insects, you know, but right. if you just think about them and what, yeah, exactly what you said, like the types of things they can accomplish and do and like. The ways that they've evolved they're really really amazing
1: they just make me feel really lazy (laughs) (laughs) i've never built a 10 a 10 foot mound it'll be way easier for me
0: it's true (laughs) i haven't built one of those either what are we doing with our lives
1: not building 10 foot mounds
0: Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
1: If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or whatever other app you like to use to listen to podcasts. And uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) Yeah. See you next week. Bye. Bye. It leads to lasting quality and, yeah. like, high regard. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Sure. <laughs> when a show can <laughs> – I'm just going <laughs> to give up. I'm just going to give up. I'm just trying to say when it have a, has a beginning, a middle, and end, that, like, it's more long-lasting is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah.